0: We're in binding chaos by Heather Marsh: radical privacy and radical transparency. It is essential for pa- participatory government that organization oh, maybe it's more comfortable this way. It is essential for participatory government that organizations which affect the public be transparent to the public. Without full information, people are incapable of making the decisions required to participate in their own governance. In the past, any secrets by public organizations, short of war secrets, were grounds for a scandal. A free media and freedom of speech were considered essential in a democracy so that transparency of public matters could be ensured. Today, the public has to prove why it needs to know any information about its government and go through an expensive and labor-intensive process to acquire information that will arrive, if it arrives at all, after great delay and in a very censored form. Information on corporations is simply unattainable except by illegal methods, as corporations, which include prison, intelligence, military, pharmaceutical, agriculture, and even policy a- police agencies, are considered private. These private corporations now own rights to global commons, such as our oceans, space, and electromagnetic field, as well as the individual environments of each of us. A huge industry was built up around filtering, hoarding, spinning, and occasionally doling out to the public, in innocuous bits without context, all information about organizations and actions which affect the public. The true information that reaches the public is more than drowned out by the equally huge industry of misinformation being produced and distributed by the same public organizations. Our media exists to convince us that our right to information is actually a right to know whether an arbitrarily selected private citizen has had a haircut instead of a right to the information we need in order to govern ourselves. Another massive industry exists to gather, store, analyze, and distribute every conceivable detail of private information on private citizens. Corporations gather and store information on every aspect of individual lives and make it available to any organization with the finances or skill to retrieve it. There is no discrimination in what is. Gathered as organizations have decided that any private information is an unknown unknown. They may just not know if they need it or not, so they need it all. Legal changes in popular propaganda have created such oxymoronic beasts as public individuals and private corporations to cause confusion over these very clear violations of the two basic principles. There is no such thing as a private organization outside of purely social groups. There is no such thing as a public person, only public actions by private individuals. Under the current system, even when people become convinced of the soundness of the principles of privacy for individuals and transparency for organizations and actions which affect the public, they advocate a modified version of this rule as reasonable, the result of compromise and good sense, and not radical, like a wholehearted embrace of the principles would be. Sorry, I don't know what that loud noise is. They point to many situations where the principles in pure form simply would not work. Principles, however, if they are sound at all, must work in all cases. If they do not, there is a fault either with the principle or the case. The answer in our current society has been to reject the principles as nice ideas, which we will keep in our legal foundations, but ignore in reality, as they are simply not practical. A more accurate answer may be found by looking at the cases where these two principles appear to produce poor results. The release of the U.S. state cables was widely condemned because of the release of the names of private individuals who were providing information to public organizations. The exposure of any private individual to harm must be regarded as an ill. But if harm was caused, it was caused not by the action which abided by the principles, but by the earlier actions in violation of the principles. The individuals in question had a right to privacy. Why were their names recorded and placed in an extremely public and easy-to-access database? Why were their names recorded at all? Why did those individuals need to make secret reports about public organizations or actions to other public organizations? If the principle regarding public organizations and actions was followed, there would be no need for informants. If If the principle regarding privacy for individuals was followed, the names would never have been recorded. Another case frequently brought forward is the harm to individuals by criminals, such as drug cartels in South America, if the cartels knew about individuals who are reporting them. Under the current system, they already know, as do the state cable informants' and enemies. Once information about an individual is stored, the principle of individual privacy, which ought to protect that person, has been ignored, leaving them completely exposed. Again, that individual ought also to be protected by the principle of transparency for public organizations. If the entire country was working together in a structure that allowed them to expose all actions of the drug cartels, the individuals would not need to be put at risk. If we apply the two principles from the beginning, they work in every hazardous situation. Law enforcement and military around the world have claimed the right to operate in complete secrecy, as that is the only way to catch the bad guys transparency would enable the public to catch the bad guys on both sides a public that was involved in helping to enforce laws could accomplish far more than a police force could by itself instead of blocking the entire internet under instead of blocking the entire internet under the pretense of blocking child rape and torture media sites the police could just ask or allow the public to police the internet if child rape and torture media or terrorist plotting sites can be found by anyone They can be found by everyone. What is required is not secrecy and censorship, but a proper structure for policing, which involves the public. The only cases in which this would not work is when the law is not one the public agrees with, which is a great method of providing feedback that the law needs to be modified to represent the people more accurately. Diplomats and others in positions of power have complained that transparency makes it difficult for them to do their jobs. Where that is the case, the fault must be found with their jobs. The current system is a massive, tangled, torturous mess of spies, media, spokespeople, communication departments, freedom of of information laws and lobbies, actions and counteractions, attempting to maintain balance in a system which preaches democracy and practices totalitarianism. Yeah, okay. The difficulty and confusion is caused by the current system, not the proposed one. Entire industries would be made redundant by adherence to the principle of transparency for public organizations. Transparency is needed, not selected pieces of isolated information wrapped up and presented by an official, but full transparency of the kind that would allow any passerby to see exactly what an organization was up to. As the current powers have been asking private individuals for decades, what do they have to hide? The kind of radical transparency that private individuals have been exposed to needs to be turned on all organizations and actions which have any impact on the public. Individuals require a right to privacy. Collaborative society requires full knowledge of organizations and actions which affect the public. I forgot to mention she has some italicized parts And this is another one. All individuals have a right to privacy. All organizations and actions which affect the public must be completely transparent to the public. These principles do not work in isolation. The fault is not with the principles, but the isolation. In the past, most of the world acknowledged in both cultural norms and the law that privacy was a basic individual right. It could be argued that this right was ours in a state of nature. Mammals in general do keep personal matters private to varying degrees, and privacy can in many ways be equated with personal security. Culturally, it was an accepted gut practice in many re- regions of the world that personal business and family business were to be kept private. Too much disclosure was frowned upon, and snooping was met with, mind your own business. Even names were in many cultures not to be handed out in full to people outside intimate circles, and even within families, personal names were not always used. One of the last vestiges of privacy to be found in Western society is that children still frequently do not call their parents by their first names. The rest of the world now does. In our surveillance culture of today, privacy is again quite literally illegal, as it was in previous totalitarian states. If you see something, say something, and the U.S. FBI's all-encompassing suspicious activity list have made any attempt at privacy over even the most innocuous activity grounds for suspicion of terrorism. The prying of other members of of your society is supported by government, corporate surveillance, of everything from your conversations and your constantly tracked images to the amount of body heat you give off at a checkpoint. The agenda of the states has been transferred to the wider culture. Now all forms of privacy and even introversion have come to be viewed as negative traits. Anyone who is uncomfortable with sustained eye contact is labeled as hostile or untrustworthy. Anyone who works more easily in solitary is having trouble integrating. And even the new protest movements embrace all new forms of thinking except solitary. The mainstreaming of privacy invasion makes it almost impossible to avoid having your personal data made available to all. But even if that is managed, your features are available to face recognition, gait recognition, and similar software through surveillance cameras around the world. These are easily matched to all of the rest of your data by the two pieces of picture ID required to function in an easy way in modern society. The normalizing of privacy invasion has spilled over into societies around the world. It is commonplace now for introductions to be followed by what amounts to an interrogation with all personal and professional background demanded before acquaintance begins. It is even perfectly normal to approach complete strangers with with demands to know all their personal data. This new custom, encouraged by law enforcement in the United States, is endorsed by mainstream society. Any attempt to refuse personal information at first contact is met with indignation. The interrogator, who once would be labeled Snoop, is now characterized as open, honest, and having nothing to hide while the victim is held to be a deviant of some sort or other in regarded with suspicion. The surveillance state has done its job when any request for privacy is met with shock, hurt, accusations of paranoia, and group shunning. Invasion of the personal lives of individuals has been an accepted feature in the news media for decades. The public's right to know, which once applied to the right to know all news required to participate in their own governance, essential in a democracy, became a right to know personal information. All individuals are private individuals, only their actions, which affect public life, are of public interest. Private individuals were labeled public individuals based on a very arbitrary assignment of all professions in the public eye, such as entertainment, as public, the relabeling of these professions, was then used to strip basic privacy rights from the professionals. While this was probably started to deflect attention from the matters those in power did not wish attention to be directed towards, and encouraged by celebrities who were profiting from it, the custom has since expanded to include an ever-increasing amount of private individuals whose personal lives are in the news for no explicable reason. As the general population has taken over media gathering and dissemination, the old media's predatory nature has also become dispersed throughout the population. As the old media feels it has the right to use advanced surveillance attacks, stalking and sexual harassment in the form of creep shots, physical mobbing, and verbal abuse to any woman who begins to have a voice in society, the internet is now also full of people who feel they are entitled to use the same tactics on any woman or girl who dares to enter the internet public forum. Any woman who attempted to work in news or politics would be met with relentless attacks on her personal life and physical appearance by old media. Any woman who speaks or posts a picture on the internet now is subjected to the same treatment. A society that has grown up with sexual harassment of women labeled by male-dominated media as free speech does not understand this harassment for what it is, mass censorship of female voices. The old media, instead of acknowledging their own behavior behavior staring back at them from the internet, lobbies against cyberbullying, as if what they do is somehow different if it is done online, and claim the solutions for those bullied to lose all possibility of the protection of anonymity. In order to have a society in which individual needs are respected, a balance must be struck between the right to speak and have freedom of information versus the right to participate equally in society and own the truth about ourselves. Our presentation of ourselves is directly tied to our right to privacy. Overexposure of even truths we are not ready to share can result in extreme mortification and trauma. People tend to overlook and belittle the impact of privacy violation, primarily as it it so often is directed towards those with marginalized voices. But a look at the amount of suicides as well as mental health problems caused by these violations is enough to show its importance. The lack of importance placed on privacy may also be directly related to the rule by extroverts we have been subjected to since the beginnings of society. Until we had the Internet, leaders of large crowds were almost always charismatic people, with a gift for public speaking and a natural resistance to personal attack through belonging to powerful demographic groups. As the internet has gained in power to the point where it is a direct threat to those currently holding power, as online feedback replaces public shouting matches, the power in the molecular world has sought to expose and control those in the online world. Any involuntary exposure has been met by violent reaction from the internet, as it is the first place for many that has ever felt like a safe place to speak. One reason Anonymous and the Internet in general has had a low opinion of those who seek personal fame may be that the Internet is well populated by those who have been persecuted and have their voices repressed by others who easily acquire fame and social power. The voices of the part of the population who are naturally more introverted or the almost everyone eliminated from mainstream forums for one reason or another are at least as important as those currently heard. This, however, completely changes the society we are accustomed to if the voiceless suddenly gain voices, if the creators no longer need the marketers. Women do not need to speak through men, and children, the elderly, discriminated minorities, the ostracized of all societies, can suddenly speak and have their messages amplified as well as anyone else. This would eliminate huge swaths of industry from communication representative types of roles everything from politicians to media to marketing companies and NGOs not at all coincidentally all of the lobby groups attempting to control the internet strip privacy and anonymity and manage access are from the and manage access are from the groups who would no longer be required if everyone had a voice personal information is power anyone who can obtain personal information on another has increased their power over the other that power ought not to be given lightly without established trust what seems perfectly innocuous until it surfaces as a book revenge porn or what ought to be irrelevant attacks on a messenger by character assassination of the messenger ought to be kept private by default personal information is still every bit as valuable as our grandparents knew it to be until and unless our societies mature to the point where we are governed by idea driven instead of personality driven systems we need to recognize that freedom of speech which is a mask for suppression of the speech of others When we see private information being used to violate someone's well-being, it is no more appropriate to blame the victim for the existence of the information than it is for police in India to assume that if a woman has consensual sex with one man, then she can't complain if his friends join in. This is not to argue that we need laws inhibiting privacy violations. We have such laws and they only protect the powerful from exposure of secrets the public needs to know. We need a change in societal attitude where we no longer applaud or tolerate assaults on privacy, personal attacks on public figures, and most of all, those public invasions of privacy that amount to sexual assault, whether committed by the old media or the internet. Even more than privacy, anonymity is viewed as a hostile act by those in power. A culture which fame is the ultimate achievement can un- not understand the value of ownerless ideas and shape-shifting personas. Anonymity has been equated almost exclusively with criminal activity by politicians and lawmakers. Online anonymity is cherished by internet dwellers as the only means to pure thought exchange, where ideas can be judged by their, on their own merits, unclouded by preconceived judgments based on unrelated data. Anonymity can be a revelation as new personas can be tried on and provoke new reactions, revealing our stereotypes and inability an to separate messages from messengers. Anonymity is also simply practical safety. It has been proven enough times that authorities do not need to see any transactions or have evidence of any criminal activity to destroy your life. It is enough that you pull attention that they are aware of your existence. The fact that you are doing nothing wrong or illegal is no protection if you have attracted the attention of someone with power or mental instability. Governments are not the only people on the internet. If you start expressing opinions, you will find far more interesting opposition as well. Anonymity, once lost, can never be regained. Even if you have no intention of ever expressing a controversial opinion, privacy should become a habit like brushing your teeth. In many cases, anonymity is the only way for a messenger to ensure their message will be heard. Very often, the story of the messenger will override the message. That is the way corporate media has been increasingly covering the news. We are at this point left with only messengers, rarely any message at all, and it is what audiences are trained to look for. Even when choosing political representation, I don't like him is a perfectly accepted argument. In other cases, the message will be drowned out by the idea that the messenger is an inappropriate source, either because of association or because of who they are. Der Spiegel and others lectured members of Pussy Riot on speaking at all when they had young children, and the Putin Putin government used their identities to threaten to remove their children. Media subsequently labeled their political message a feminist one, based on nothing at all other than their sex. Pseudonymity is the best of both worlds for many, an identity which allows relationships and trust, but also provides control over personal information. This can be essential to create a personality which allows your voice to be heard in the way that you wish it to be. In the future, perhaps we will see everyone with at least three identities. One to carry the two pieces of ID required by the military industrial complex, one for family and friends and molecular life, and one for online idea exchange. I think of this, I got the one qu- The one thing that comes to mind, is my job. And we require all these forms to be filled out and all this information to be shared from the person seeking services. And when the, uh, the agency that I work for then turns around and has <coughs> information to share, like, um, how successful they are, how many, uh, people, have, uh, parte- uh, take a part in the services, how many have reached their goal, um, Things like that. It's watered down to a state uh, for the entire state. Not for the region, uh, not for the locality, not for anything. So we don't publicly share our information. In other words, we don't want to look that too hard. Um, you know, of course, they want to spend whatever data is shown to, look, to make it look good. Um, which I understand was, uh, in some cases, but in some cases, it would be good to look at the information as is and decide, gee, are we doing so? you know, could something be done better? Maybe something should change. Uh, but that doesn't come from the bottom going up. So that's kind of a lost cause. Um, and I just got done uh, discussing with them a couple of documentaries you've been watching on Netflix called The Social Dilemma and The Great Hack. Um, if you watch them, The Great Hack was a person who wanted his personal information. He wanted a copy of all the personal information that the corporations owned. And he started a court case in order to get that information and he lost. <laughs> they couldn't mine whatever information he freely gave them and he didn't have a right to a copy of it. So there you go. Um, the social dilemma uh, covered how now we're the product. And I don't remember the the guy who said it, but his statement, uh, I thought was really great. made the most sense to me is that Um, A big trailer that went by said that um, a tree is worth more dead than alive. A whale is worth more dead than alive. Um, Anything on our planet is worth right now the way our economic and social system is set up. It's worth more dead than alive. And that is what needs to change. You need to flip that economic model. And because of data mining through social media uh, and tech, tech corporations, we are now the product. We are now worth more dead staring at a screen, uh, giving our attention, uh, having our attention pulled by advertisers in what they want us to see rather than living our life and being how we want to be. And I think that was the, one of the biggest, I don't know, his statement just hit me very strongly. Um, and I think that all ties in here with uh, between privacy and transparency, especially, I mean, there's tons of examples with the Freedom of Information Act. You get it, it's all censored and and um, not knowing where your tax money goes. Um, although they have changed that a little bit. I usually get a um, some kind of sheet that tells me where the money's going when I pay property taxes, something like that. Um, but IRS taxes, like 52% of that goes to the military. Do they ever tell you that? Or do they ever show you that? Not unless you go looking for it. Um, so yeah, so I pulled back. So one of the things you could do is turn off all the notifications on everything that you use. Uh, they'll send you an email that they'll subscribe you to. Maybe if you join one, uh, mailing list, they'll subscribe you to uh, all different segments of that mailing list. So even if you unsubscribe to one, you're just subscribing. you're not just unsubscribing to the newsletter. you're unsubscribing to a segment of that newsletter, and they probably have ten more that they send you. So then you have to go out there and visit visit them and effectively you know shut off everything. So watch that, turn off all your notifications on your phone for everything, for almost everything. I mean, unless it's a phone call, you know, or a message for my family, all of those notifications are off. So I don't even look at the phone if I don't need to. Or if I if I look at the phone, it's because I choose to, not because, you know, they're throwing up, an, a, the a platform is throwing up a notification to try and get me to look more. Um, don't get me wrong, there's good things that that come out about it. Um, it there's so many things we could be using, to, you know, globally to see if um, there's one person trying to figure out what was wrong with her. Um, she literally ha- did not know and there was no diagnosis for her, for what was wrong with her. Um, some, it was a genetic disorder, some doctors. And so they opened it up it as New York times thing. And they, they opened it up all around the world. Uh, some nurses and doctors and people who had the same symptoms all, um, looked at the information. She finally got a lead in Italy of all places for, uh, genetic, uh, uh, it, it's they believed it was genetic, and they were going to run genetic tests on her. I don't know how to say it. And you know, of course, it was something that was would never be done in the United States. It was completely prohibitive, cost prohibitive, I guess. They were willing to do it to, her, to do it for her for free. And she found out what was wrong with her. So that was organized through social media, as it should be. We we have a we have a world of knowledge that we could be using. Um, just, it just shouldn't be limited to advertisers and and tech companies making a trillion dollars off of us as a product so think about privacy think about what you need to do to protect your privacy um think about anonymity think about your uh, and then and then anytime that you're given a chance to say hey i want to know publicly what you're doing as far as government and everything else say that ask them all right, next section for next time. I don't know when. It's just a nice day today with a lot of sun. It's chilly, but there's sun. Um, so the next section is idea-driven systems. Oh, where's my thing? Okay, bye. Hope you're all doing well.